Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. So how are you sharing your light with the world? And how are we, meaning we as part of collective bodies and organizations, sharing our light with the world? That's the question we want to lean into on this solstice day. How are we sharing our light with the world? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is recorded to have said, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Well, today, as every day really, is many things all at once. So it is fitting that in our series focusing on the core values of unity of Fairfax, that today we lean into our core value of inclusivity. Because today we acknowledge not only the summer solstice, not only the ordination of Reverend Ron Karstetter at 2 p.m. today, this same link, not only Juneteenth, and more about that in a few moments, but we're also honoring Father's Day our Heavenly Father, our Creator, and the earthly fathers and men in our lives. So let's start there. I've come to believe that the two hardest jobs in the world have got to be teaching and parenthood. And in a sense, all parents are teachers, so they really get a double whammy. Just think about it. The most awesome responsibility ever given to a human being, the raising up of another one. And it doesn't even come with a manual, a guidebook, or really any agreed upon set of rules. And we know this because if you're commenting on somebody else's child rearing, chances are you've gotten a reaction and it may not have been all that pleasant as well. But today we acknowledge the fullness, and the fullness, I mean all of it, of the concept of fatherhood and the knowledge that family is more, far more than bloodlines or even established roles. Because fatherhood and family are merely the physical expressions of a divine idea. And that divine idea, ultimately, is love. And if this love, this divine love, is free from limiting attitudes and beliefs, it is inclusive, welcoming all with open arms and an open heart and an open mind. So today, I encourage you, and I encourage me, and I encourage all of us to share our appreciation with the men in our lives who have shared their love with us as well as they could. These men 
gave love and give love and mentoring and guidance and help. And these men may be your father, may be your grandfather, Maybe your uncle, maybe your brother, maybe a cousin, maybe a coach, maybe a teacher, maybe a mentor, maybe a neighbor. You see, called by the Spirit within, they let their light so shine as to give life to all in the house. So let's take a moment of deep appreciation for the men who have made and may no longer be with us, and the men who are making the meaningful impacts in our lives and drawing us up higher to be the better persons they know we can be. Thank you. Ah, so let's move on to our core values. Reminder that core values, which we often get from these mentors and these powerful men in our lives, are guiding principles, and they would get them from women too. It's just Father's Day, so that's why I mentioned that. I don't want to get any emails. So core values are the guiding principles which we as individuals in our lives and in the organizations in which, of which we are part make decisions. They're kind of the, the rudder that steers our course. And several years ago, Unity of Fairfax discerned its five core values, as noted here on the slide. And my hope is that in this series in which we explore the animating ideas of this community, that you're taking the opportunity to discern your own core values for yourself personally, if you haven't already done that. Or if you have, then you're going back and revisiting them to see, do they still fit? Do they need to be upgraded? Do they need to be chunked and replaced with something new? So recall that last week we looked at our core value of peace. Excuse me. The tagline that we use for peace is that as Spirit's divine inspiration, we are the peace we hope to see in the world. And this implies any number of things. It implies that we recognize our relationship with Spirit, meaning that each one, every one of us in this community is a conduit for inspiration. Number two, that it is our calling to share this inspiration with the world. Number three, that we are peace incarnate. Now, I realize there are some days you may not feel that way, and there are some days I don't feel that way, and yet I know it's true. That divine idea is instilled in all of us. And number four, four, it's the new map, gets me every time. Number four, we're not seeing peace in the world. And to be the peace we hope to see in the world... In, and in the rest of the world, means that first and foremost, we must take full and complete responsibility for our own well-being. That includes our minds, our bodies, our spirits, and we must do this every day. Must develop a discipline like a good coach would want us to develop good discipline, good self-care hygiene. So no person and no organization can effectively serve as a bearer of spirits' divine inspiration in the world if we, if it, if they are worn out and overextended, 
Take it from a guy who just took a sabbatical to get deeply acquainted with that idea of self-care. You know, making peace in the outer world, dissolving the blocks to equity and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all, is made more effective when those who are doing that particular work are also tending to their own self-care, tending to their own well-being. There's nothing selfish about caring for yourself. It is an imperative if you wish to be a peacemaker and healer in the world. And often it takes that discipline to make one's own well-being a priority. You know, some, this sort of sporadic approach or willy-nilly approach, this isn't going to cut it. Because if that's the way you're approaching caring for yourself, unfortunately that will be translated into the way you are caring for the world. Kind of willy-nilly, sporadic, whenever, I'll get to it. You're better than that. We're all better than that. And the world needs us to claim and to know who we truly are so that we truly can fulfill the vision of unity of Fairfax, which is a world awakened to peace, abundance, and respect for all creation. The animals who attend our Unity Animal School, the plants that grace our grounds, and the people who truly represent the individualized expression of spirit in the world. Now let's talk about the people for a moment as we move into our core value of inclusivity. Miss Wolf nailed the lesson. She always does. I don't know how she does it. But in our children's Sunday school, she highlighted, and then the kids highlighted in their lesson today, the value of inclusivity. And the tagline we use, and what that was discerned years ago for this, is that we are welcoming, cooperative, connected, accepting, and compassionate to all. Shoo-wee, that's a lot of work. You know, we recognize that every one of us is a part of the family of humankind. That's what our meditation song today was about. I am. I am one with all life. We belong to each other, whether we like it or not. And even if we don't agree on the key issues of the day, and that's an understand, understatement, thank you, social media, we are connected. And if you didn't know that before the pandemic, you know it now. It has brought into stark relief. None of us is really separated from the others. And that is imperative that we consider the well-being of others as well as our own. You know, although our master teacher and way shower Jesus is reported to have routinely called out hypocrites, and we've shared about this just recently, he did so in the prophetic tradition, meaning with the intention of bringing them back into integrity. His point was not to exacerbate or exploit divisions as we so commonly see done today. His point was to bring people together. And this core value of inclusivity calls us to be more Christ-like and less common, to bring us all together as one. It's a lot of work when you think about the differences and divisions in the world today. 
but I'm committed to that work. The unity movement is committed to that work. We will not submit to divisions. Now, I do have to point out something that I've learned the hard way, an erroneous practice with this idea of inclusivity in the interpretation of it. It's simply put this way. All people are welcome. All behaviors are not. You see, inclusivity does not mean abetting malicious intent or bullying or hypocrisy. That's what Jesus was calling out to bring back together and heal. You know, he had cordial exchanges, the scriptures record this, with all manner of people, but he did not hesitate to call out those behaviors that impeded the manifestation and demonstration of the kingdom of God, which we might call a world that works for everyone. Again, he used such moments to teach, not to torment. Now, when we see tormenting going on, we have to ask ourselves, why? What is being gained here? And we have to hold to the vision that there is a world in which this tormenting behavior can be healed and transformed, but not abetted or enabled. That's a hard work. Which brings me to Juneteenth. Acting under presidential war powers, President Lincoln, in January 1st of 1863, issued the Emancipation Proclamation, which proclaimed the freedom of enslaved people in states that were in open rebellion. Two and a half years later, on June 19th, 1865, enslaved people in Galveston, Texas, learned that the, world, world, that the war was over and that they were free when Major General Gordon Granger announced the ending of the Civil War to these same individuals. But even Major Granger's Juneteenth general order did not officially end slavery in the U.S. That actually officially happened with the adoption of the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, which was ratified on December 6, 1865. As I mentioned, today is the summer solstice. It is meaningful to me that as the days have grown longer, more light is continuing to be shed on our nation's history and how our history is manifesting as the current challenges and situations that we are experiencing today. Most notably, in relation to Juneteenth, is our continued call for recon racial reconciliation and healing. It is imperative that we utilize this energy to bring to light all the shadow places of our shared past and present so that we might heal and move forward with a deep and abiding appreciation for the depth of the struggle to attain and maintain equal justice under law. History, as we all know, is not always pretty. Taking one's own searching and fearless moral inventory is also not always pretty either. 
But until and unless we understand and acknowledge our individual and collective histories, they will continue to haunt us and taunt us, preventing us from manifesting demonstration and realizing the best that we as individuals and communities can be, are called to be, are destined to be. And we, the collective we, can't be our best if there is willful ignorance and avoidance of parts of our shared collective history. We do need to talk about it and to feel it. Because all segments of our population matter and have worth and contributions to make, which when they are allowed to share, we all gain. And we need to do more than declare holidays. And I laud the creation of the new official federally recognized Juneteenth holiday. But there must be concrete actions to ensure that diversity, equity, and inclusivity become routine and common and no longer require commissions, committees, and congressional actions. We all are responsible for making that a reality. And to that end, on Thursday, June 17th, Unity Worldwide Ministries declared its intention to take those important actions and make them a matter of standard operating procedure when it issued the Resolution on Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, dated Juneteenth, 2020. And I would like to read it to you. It's short, and it's powerful. Resolution on Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, an official statement from Unity Worldwide Ministries. Unity Worldwide Ministries stands for anti-racism. That is, we are opposed to racial hatred, racial violence, bias, systemic racism, and the oppression of people of color. We stand for diversity, equity, and inclusion for people who are marginalized because of color. No individual or group should be made to live in fear or excluded from society. Recent events in the United States and the world remind us that violent repression, prejudices, injustices, and inequalities towards people of color are embedded in societies. From social structures to institutions to cultures, unity chooses to be more aware and take positive action in dismantling systemic racism, and the social structures that support injustice and prejudice. We raise awareness throughout our membership, churches, and centers. Whereas unity stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion for people of color. Our second principle states, human beings have a spark of divinity within them, the Christ spirit within. Their very essence is of God, and therefore they are also inherently good. This principle re applies to all persons, regardless of color. And whereas we are fully committed to Unity Worldwide Ministries being an ambassador 
for diversity, equity, and inclusion in our world, and an example through our actions in the unity movement, and whereas Unity Worldwide Ministries Board of Trustees acknowledges that there has been systemic racism in unity. We accept and acknowledge responsibility for the impact that our history with racism has made upon our black and brown friends, colleagues, congregants, students, employees, and patrons, both past and present. We commit to eradicating any and all systems, policies, and practices that would in any way replicate our past mistakes or reproduce an environment that discriminates against or is inhospitable towards people on the basis of race, color, or ethnicity. Now, therefore, be it resolved that based on unity's fifth principle of taking action, which states, knowing and understanding the laws of life, also called truth, is not enough. A person must live the truth that he or she knows. We commit to the following actions. To reflect on an ongoing basis, diversity, equity, and inclusion in our Unity Worldwide Ministries Board of Trustees. To commit to reinforce our policy of non-discrimination by adopting and instituting best practices for ensuring that all qualified applicants and candidates are given full consideration for any and all positions without respect to race, ethnicity, culture, or color. To ongoing robust staff leadership development and education to committed to building a culturally competent anti-racist community of leaders and allies. Our bold initiative will, face will address trainings based on implicit bias, cultural competence, white fragility, and becoming an anti-racist, along with ongoing training and education that positions Unity Worldwide Ministries to be on the leading edge of building consciously awake thought leaders committed to dismantling systemic racism and building the beloved community to develop and disseminate principle-centered educational programs and curricula for use in our centers, spiritual community, study groups, and churches that equip unity ministers, spiritual leaders, teachers, and laity with information, inspiration, and resources necessary to detect and dissolve systemic racism within themselves and build healthy, diverse, equitable, and inclusive communities. To allocate monetary resources beginning fiscal year 2021 to continue the work that Unity Worldwide Ministries Board has done and to continue to recognize an inherent culture of white privilege with a racial equity consultant to assist us in developing a more organization-wide, community-based permanent response to the needs for increased diversity, equity, and inclusion. And further resolved, we are committed to moving beyond neutrality and to a fully acknowledging that black lives matter, too. And we are committed to demonstrating our sensitivity and understanding of this basic unity tenet by no longer colluding in racism. This statement was signed by all the members of the Unity Worldwide Ministries Board of Trustees and its new executive director. Let's breathe on that for just a moment. I'm reminded of Paul's elegy on the body of Christ found in 1 Corinthians 
which reads, But God has put the body together, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So I close with the question I opened with. How are you sharing your light? How are we sharing our light? Or is our light hidden under a bushel basket? You see, the truth is, nothing can keep your light from shining. Because even if it is under a bushel basket, that basket is flammable, and it will catch on fire. So will your light be a wildfire that destroys everything and the house? Or will your light be under the guidance of spirit and be an inspiration for all in the house? I'm choosing the spirit-centered inspiration. Unity of Fairfax is choosing the spirit-centered inspiration. The unity movement is choosing the spirit-centered inspiration. You have a choice, and that choice is yours. Peace be with you. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.